Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Eric Klump and Justin Gerstung. Tonight, we are going to be introducing a topic referred to as slept on, and we have a special guest that we're going to get to in a second. But before we do that, we're going to do some celebrations for the week. Coach Klump, any celebrations I think good happened to you this week? Yeah, I'm actually going to celebrate all those teachers out there as we're winding down. Uh, with schools all over the country, and and for us in New York State, we usually go a little bit longer. Um, but what a year it's been to just see their resiliency and their dedication to their profession. I mean, to to, to ask some teachers who have been particularly running a routine for years and years and maybe a successful routine. And now to just ask them on the fly within one week to come up with lesson plans um, strictly for, you know, technology, strictly through technology purposes, man. And just to see what people were doing out there and what they were posting and how they were keeping young kids engaged. Shout out and celebrations. My celebrations go out to all those teachers out there. I celebrate you for sure. Yeah, what a great what a great celebration. Being teachers ourselves, I think that is something that you don't want to necessarily toot your own horn, but at the same time, we need to just recognize that, you know, it's a difficult thing interacting and engaging with students on a day-to-day basis, but then not being able to like physically touch or see them. Um that's that's really tough for teachers to do that. So yeah, big props to all those teachers out there that are are getting after it. And for some people out there listening, their school has probably ended, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But for us here in New York State, we're just about ready to to call it quits. So I definitely appreciate that celebration. What do you got? I, I think my celebration, you know, and this is this is a tough topic and maybe one that we'll dive into in future weeks as we get some other coaches on here is just this civil unrest that is going on in our country during this time Mm. period. Mm. And as two white, you know, Americans, it's very hard for us to speak on this topic and on this situation. I think hard in that you don't want to say the wrong thing or be that guy, but I think both of us would agree that, you know, racial injustice is definitely an issue that needs addressing. Um, And my celebration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And my celebration goes out to all those people um, actually on both sides, whether it be the people that are protesting, which should be most everybody, and those people that are trying to protect us during the protests. I know we've had some issues here in the Western New York area as well that has gotten some national coverage. And as a brother and cousin to many um, people in law enforcement, uh, definitely makes me nervous, you know, when they have to go out and work these protests. But at the same time, and I've had conversations with them, they totally respect why people are out there and what's trying to be done. And so my celebration is just going out to people on all sides of this issue in hopes that maybe we can come together at some point and start having some productive conversations to move this country in the right direction. So that's mine. A little deep, a little heavy, but. 
Hey, we got it. We have we have to have those conversations. You know, as a coach, those are the times where we grow so much, where we we bring the, uh, our player in, and we have those difficult conversations. But but then they realize, and I think that what's one great thing going on is that we are starting to have these difficult conversations, and having it be an epicenter for where we can educate each other and really start to learn about how everyone is feeling as they move on to their particular day and just a sense of of moving to to get this right you know and and it's great that celebration is just right on for what's going on all around us big props to that yeah, so well, I appreciate that. We um, we're gonna get going though here tonight because we have a topic that um, I appreciate you also for getting tonight's guest lined up with us. Uh, that kind of fits in with this topic of what we're gonna call, I think, slept on. So you want to introduce slept that on. for us? Slept on. Wow. Yeah, you hear, it, you see it all over social media now, right? Everybody's being slept on. I'm slept on. This person slept on. This coach has slept on. This player's definitely slept on. When everybody's getting ranked from like seventh grade on, yeah. Have you have you heard that that term, being slept on, coach? Yeah, slept on. I mean, that's kind of a you know for me that's a that's a catchword that you might see on social media a lot, particularly maybe in my district where we're a little smaller. We don't have a lot of athletes going to the collegiate level to participate in athletics. I don't know if I hear that term slept on necessarily like in the hallways at my school. Um, So for me, I think slept on just means that you're not appreciated, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what some, everybody really kind of wants in their daily life. They want recognition um, for what they do. I just had this conversation with my own children. Um, My daughter, Abby, is like, awesome at like cleaning her stuff up and putting her dishes away and making sure that her homework's done without being asked. And if I don't say anything to her, you know, she, she immediately calls me out and says, well, didn't hmm. I do a good job today? And to yeah. me that's slept on, right? Cause she, she's putting in all no this respect. work, no respect. And she just wants a little bit of recognition. And so I know you, you have some ideas on it as well. And when we get into our guest tonight, we're going to talk about how he's been slept on a little bit. But for me, I definitely see it out there, you know, from an athletic standpoint, but just from a at-home standpoint or in my classroom standpoint, it's just those people, I think, that are looking for a little bit of, of acknowledgement, maybe a little bit of praise. And so one of the reasons why we're doing this Beyond the Ball podcast is yeah. just to give people the, some of that recognition. Yeah so that they're not quite as slept on. What are your thoughts on it? Take us take us where you want to go tonight. Like they say in PGC, what gets praised gets repeated, you know, hardwood hustle also. And you know, hearing hearing some of some of the players throughout the area um say this quite frequently. I kind of in got investigating about all this stuff and I, and I was here and I wanted to hear your thoughts first and it's it means like ignored or overlooked and I'm not getting paid my respect for putting in my work just kind of like the scenario of your daughter it's like the old Rodney Dangerfield approach I get no respect he, he's very famous for saying that well uh, the reason why we're talking about that is because Today we get the opportunity to talk to Niagara County Community College head men's basketball coach, Billy Beeline. And if you want to talk about a coach that um, is just letting his resume do the talking, I mean, listen to this. And this, I mean, if you want to talk about slept on, here's this resume. So he takes over, 
what we call NCCC, um, Niagara County Community College, uh, Community College at Niagara County in Western New York. So he takes his program over, right? He's four-time coach of the year in 2012, 2015, 2017, and 2019. So it takes him only two years to get this program moving in the right direction. His team has made the final four in his region for Division II four out of the last eight seasons. He has a 695 winning percentage. And for all you basketball analytic guys, that's very, very good. And just recently in May, he presented a webinar uh, for the NABC during the COVID closure on two, two guard fronts for basketball and attacking in offensive spacing. So, Justin, you ever seen Coach Beeline's team? And we're not talking about John Beeline here. We're talking about Billy Beeline. Have you ever seen Coach Billy Beeline's teams play? I've seen one game of Coach Billy Beeline's team at NCCC, and you're right, not to be confused with John Beeline. I think everybody in this game knows John Beeline. Um, there is a relationship there, and we'll let Coach get into that more if he wants to when he joins us, but I have seen his teams play, and they just play with so much energy, and being a local to the Western New York area like you, we we very rarely have seen, you know, really stellar college basketball play here. I mean, we have UB right now. Canisius has had some great years. Yeah, these, they're all sending now. And, yeah. And, but same. when you see N-Trip play, man, wow. Yeah. And even like, um, you know, talking about Slepdown, we're going to give NCCC all their props tonight. But even some of our small colleges around here, including Division Two Damon, they all are really producing some winning teams. And one of the things I really love about Coach Beeline's teams is that they do. They play, f they play free. They play high energy. They get up and down the floor. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with his personality and how he runs his program. Um, so, yeah, in some of the clips, you can check him out on Instagram. We'll put all of his contact info in our show notes so that you guys can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. But, yeah, just seeing some clips on, on social media and being – at some of his games, one game in particular in person, man, just high energy. The kids play with a lot of freedom. Um, and I think I did catch his clinic talk on NABC and just a ton of knowledge there. So I'm excited to get a chance to talk to him tonight. Yeah, he's such a personable guy. Like you can give him a call and he'll talk to you about whatever you need to talk uh, about, like what you know, what you think that your team is struggling with. You know, he'll he'll answer all of your questions. He's he's just a great resource to have, especially in this area. And he's always looking to promote basketball. You know, you talk to any any coach, and they'll want to bring in Coach Billy Beeline. To like, if you're at a camp to get him in there, to, to see him teach, to see him coach, to see him break down some things. He does it so well. And you just sit there and you, you try to write almost everything down because when, when you hit it on the head, when you're watching his teams, it, they're taking over his, his, the persona of him. You can see you know, the passion that, that he, he gives and he's given his teammates – the freedom to, to do what they want and the spacing on the court. I mean, the list could go on and on. They just play so fast. They're fun to watch. They've got great energy. And I'm going to ask him about this, like the bench energy. I always sit right behind, like three rows behind him and his team. 
and the bench energy for what they got going on is just at another level. I want to ask him when he when he's on with us, you know, how he gets that out of his players. I'm so excited to hear from him. Absolutely. And, you know, to run a successful program, as we kind of mentioned in our intro, is is only half the battle. There's so many more layers to what Coach Beeline brings to not only his community, um, but to his family. We've had the, you know, pleasure of growing up with him um, and in the same area. And so we we know him a little bit more on a personal level. And hopefully this podcast will get to share a little bit of that with uh, our listeners. We're very excited to have Coach Bill Beeline here, the head coach of the men's Niagara Community College team. Was he's just been having an amazing impact on that program. So, so Justin, now that we got Coach Beeline here, before we get question him, I just want to give you this little scenario. All right, let me let me give you this. It's it's 2020. Yeah, uh, my little brother is going to Ntrip Niagara Community to play baseball and further his education. All right, and. While he's there, his baseball coach approaches him and explains that they need players to fill the roster for the basketball team so that they don't have to forfeit and then they and they can keep playing their games. Now, this is in 2002. And this sort of scenario keeps going on for the next seven so years where they have a team for half the year and then they lose a majority of their players and now they're scrambling around to fill their roster and have a game. And then comes the hiring of Coach Beeline, Coach Bill Beeline. So, Coach, what was the appeal of accepting this job at NCCC when only a few years prior they were pretty much picking people out of the hallways with any kind of basketball experience just to have enough players? Um, I, it was just the quest to coach. Um, I, I had been an assistant coach at a couple different spots, New Paltz, University of Mobile, and then with Coach McDonald over at Madai. Um, and I had actually interviewed for the job in 2001. I had just came out of uh, out of college. Um, I did one year at New Paltz, and I didn't get the job. Um, when it was reposted, it was something that was local. Um, I think working with kids that are hungry to get to the next level was really appealing to me. That's great. That's great. So what, um, what kind of hurdles did you have to jump in order to make that happen? What was the process like um, for you get, to get connected with NCCC? Um, it was still the same athletic director. Um, Lee Wallace had did my interview in 2001. Um, you know, I had done JV. I had done AAU. Um, I did a little bit of college coaching. Uh, it basically was staying on the grind and staying on a path so that if a position did open up, I'd be ready to kind of handle everything that it would entice. Um, I, I didn't have a huge academic background and the knowledge of, you know, what, what, what level, what type of NCAA requirements, NJCAA requirements there were. Um, so we kind of, we, we kind of got up on that stuff on the fly. Okay. Thanks. And so, so coach, when, go ahead and call I'm sorry. So go ahead. Like if we walk into your practice and we sit down and we spend a considerable amount of time with you, um, what do you think are your non-negotiables for your program? Um, I think energy level is really huge for us, not just 
um, for for me, but from my coaching staff and the players. I think you, I'm bringing a high amount of energy, and I think you have to kind of match that. Um, I think your focus level and your intensity is really important for the development, whether you're in individual instruction um, or you're in the middle of practice. The energy level and the focus are huge. Um, and then I would kind of correlate those things into – an everyday thing, just relationships, your your trust, your ability to communicate with, with your players and your coaching staff so that we all know what the major goals are. Mm-hmm. Clear and cut. And they always say that they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And and seeing those guys um, communicate with you and your family and seeing them with your kids, you can tell that they have a lot of respect for and trust for you, Coach. Yeah, you know, we go through all sorts of adversity. 18-year-olds are, are, you know, the first time they're finding their independence. They're kind of making decisions on their own. Um, They don't have the parents tell them to go to bed and waking up and go to class. So um, that relationship and the obstacles and the adversity of getting through that, you know, creates confidence. Uh, It creates confidence in each other. And and as you overcome those things together, uh, the bond becomes real. And, Coach, one thing that I would love to – as a high school coach, you know, trying to raise up some of these kids to the level where they could play at your level, what kind of things are you doing with your guys to build those relationships? Um, I think right away, um, I think we spoke a little bit earlier, my wife, you know, when, in her company, uh, the, your end game, um, you know, finding out what makes players tick, um, letting them not have some self-awareness by kind of doing some inner study on themselves. Um, and then from there, having the, the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence stuff. Um, I, those things are worked out as you go. And we, you get to know one each other, whatever, when you're having the, 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 the interesting t- conversations with each other. Yeah. Nice. So, Coach, I, you mentioned uh, Natalie's program, your end game. Um, I know it's a, a beyond the ball is really focused on family and faith and, and basketball or any kind of ball in, in general. But can you just elaborate a little bit more on how she has helped your program or even help, helped the relationship at home with the communication or, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be with her program? So with, with her studies, and it, some of it's based on the DISC assessment, um, so you have different personalities. A high-compliance, high-steadiness kid is going to do really well within a system. Um, they're, they're usually your valedictorians. Uh, they're kids that enjoy going to school. They enjoy the work process. If a coach isn't changing stuff up every single day, uh, they enjoy the, the steadiness of it. It's the same thing every day. I know what coach is doing. Um, your high D, your dominance, and your high influences are more your, your creative kids, your entrepreneurs. Um, your, your influencers are more your socialites. They, they want to be able to communicate with not just people, um, but they want to be able to show their leadership skills. Uh, so we kind of infuse that into our program by getting to know our kids. They take an assessment. Um, then we kind of go over it. So not just player to coach, but from player to player, they've got an idea who they are and what their strengths are and not really their weaknesses, but what stresses them out. That's such a great tool as I'm listening to that because you know, coaching in high school and, you know, being a pretty good high school athlete yourself, if I remember correctly, you know, when high school kids walk into a tryout or to a gym, or if you coach at a place like Eric and I coach, 
you don't really necessarily get to pick your kids. So you kind of got to shape the guys that walk into yeah. the gym. Mm-hmm. And for you, I, I would assume, or at least it appears, and correct me if I'm wrong, but coaching junior college like that, you're kind of like bringing guys in from all different backgrounds and different you know, upbringings and playing experiences and trying to meld that all together. Am I, am I close in saying that? Like when I look yeah, at the team, like, I see a lot of diversity. We're in the same position because what, whether you're a high D, a high I, a high C, a high S, um, you're, we're all going to be successful at something. You know what I mean? Um, you can't have all high Ds because then we're just going to be yelling and screaming at each other. And you can't have all compliance people because you're just going to take information and not really fight what the system is a little bit. And I think that give and take between each player um, and what their strength and weaknesses is huge to that team camaraderie. Um, at your level, at the high school level, you're not going to have all the same kids. You guys go through that every single year. Um, but I think working those pieces in and when the other kids know – the other person very well, then the communication skills go up a little bit higher uh, because there's a true understanding of what we're trying to do and who people are. It's almost like they completely understand how the other person ticks and that way they can understand their role on the team as well and then trying to find that chemistry to make it all click. Yeah, you guys have probably had players where you you can kind of get in their face and you might not get any reaction to them. Uh, or from them personally, where if you go at someone who's a high D, uh, they're going to show you an emotional response. Um, you know, it, there's 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 examples of you know how you're supposed to be speaking to guys, and the guys will kind of get a read. They'll, we'll do some skits where, hey, you know, John, I need you to play uh, Daquan over here, and he just found out he failed a class. Uh, how would Daquan act to that? You know, and if Daquan was a high D, you know. Um, John might turn his hat on backwards and be all loud and be, you know, you know, hey, coach, I need issue. I mean, I need to find help. This is going on for myself where mm-hmm. it could be turned around and Daquan might play John as uh, he's kind of going to hide it, guys. I really don't want to tell coach or any of my teammates that I'm struggling here. Right. Right. Coach, do you, when you have this, not, and, I, and I don't know your level, you know, obviously as much as you do. So when you're recruiting and you're trying to bring athletes in, is this in the back of your mind or are you just trying to get guys there and then figure them out when they get there? Um, figure them out when they get there. Cause they, they, they gotta, they've gotta be great students. They gotta have great character first. Um, and then the talent level basketball wise has got to be there. Um, the other stuff, it, it's self-awareness. So it's who they are. It's kind of teaching them who they are so they can share that with others. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love it. You talk about bringing kids in to Niagara County Community College and, and you, you hear younger players talk about D1 and D2 this and it's almost like they have all of these aspirations and nothing else will compare to arriving at that D1 aspiration. But what do you think are some big misconceptions about playing at the junior college level? Uh, misconceptions is it's it's not a bad situation. It's not for people who only have bad grades. Um, you know, it's not a, a situation um, where it's 
this person didn't exceed or this person um, wasn't good enough to play somewhere um, because we've got, you know, you know, second team all league players. We've got kids that scored over a thousand points. Um, I think one of the things is that kids have to understand they're looking for a college experience. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't get these years back. Um, and I think as a coaching staff, we try to provide a unique college experience where they've got a shot to to win games and, and grow as people. Um, and then the thing that we look for is that hunger um, to get to that next level. Because like you said, that that Division One, that Division Two scholarship – um, has been in their head for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to tell a kid that he can't do it, um, but you want to groom him and put him in a position for when those coaches show up uh, or we're sending film out that, that he's skilled enough and, and educated enough to get himself to that level. Yeah, I like it, Coach. We, um, in our intro, kind of have titled this intro Slept On um, because that's kind of where we are kind of, we're thinking of taking this when we're talking about, you know, N-Trip, Niagara Community College. And sometimes kids have that perception, like you just said, when they, or coaches do even, that when you go to community college that that kid was overlooked or, uh, you know, to use our, our phrase tonight, slept on. What are some of the ways that you kind of get them out of that slump, like that conversation you were just talking about? Is there is there a lot of work to be done there? What's the level? Is every kid the same? Or what's that look like on a, day, a year-to-year basis for you? So for us, we're almost to the point, we're almost 50 to 60% of our guys are qualifiers. So they came out of high school, um, their, their grades were good, um, they looked at some four-year opportunities, and they probably weren't physically ready or mentally ready to face juniors and seniors that are 21 and 22 years old. Um, you know, and then when they get there, some of the guys have to, you know, they have to spend 70% of the time getting better at their skills. Um, and because maybe their grades are fine, um, they're putting so much energy in their academics, but they're going to have to overload on the athletic side. Um, then we have some other players where athletically they're gifted, they're talented, their skills, and they have to put some more energy into the academic side. Um, but I would say the overall grind of, okay, I've got tutoring because I want to maintain this 3.0 GPA or my 3.4 or whatever my goal is, um, something that's obtainable for me. Um, and then can I grind with my time management as far as my individual instruction, because I need to get shots up every day. If I'm going to be the consistent shooter, um, I'm going to need footwork. I'm going to need ball handling stuff for speed and quickness, um, and agility. Now, you, you said the yeah, word skill. It just kind of resonated with me where a lot of, like the American culture, it seems like the young kids, they just want to play game, play game, play game, play game. And you attend you attend different clinics and see what's going on around the world. Like the European game is a lot of skill. And, and they have a Canadian program where they have to spend this amount of hours on skill per week just to play in the games. Is Do you, do you spend a lot of time in your practice practice time sp- on, on skill development, or is that something you do um, during seasons, in between um, seasons? I would say during the season, we're probably still like um, 40% into it, 35 to 40% of our practices around individual development um, and the skill work. And it, it could be simplifying driving kick where I'm not working on combo dribbles all the way here. I'm just lurking how to jump and stop and hit someone accurately for a shot. 
um, you know, hitting from certain areas on the court is really important for you and getting reps from those spots. Um, I think the consistency of what you're doing and the spots you're taking those is really important. Um, and you kind of work your team stuff in with the 3v0 and the 4v0 stuff as I go, as we go. Mm-hmm. So that you're getting game-like shots out of spots. You're kind of using a terminology so they understand, um, hey, we're coming off 50 screens here. It's just a simple driving kick. Here's the situation. This is why we're doing it exactly this way. Nice. I love it. Um, Coach, if you don't mind, I want to just maybe dive into some of the stuff maybe from a culture standpoint. One of the things that Eric and I talked about in our intro about watching your teams play is just like the passion, the energy that your guys play with in that freedom. And so I'm wondering, because it's on the bench too, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, we go into gyms all around Western New York and some gyms, you know, the, the bench players are like getting the water for the next players or they're, they're checking out, you know, fans in the stands. And then you have some high school teams where everybody's engaged and your team is one of those teams that we just admire, like the bench engagement and the camaraderie. What are some of the things that you're doing that builds that? Um, I think, I think the everyday grind, um, and teaching the kids to have empathy for other people's goals. Um, if they can kind of feel off someone's success, we had a point guard this year who ended up going Division One, um, and we had a, another point guard that he was kind of a combo guard, but you know the 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 the, the Division One guy. If he, we had the game in hand, he would turn to me and go, "Hey, put Pollard in there. He needs the reps at point, coach." Um, and I think that stuff fueled all the way through. Um, I think you guys do a great job with your programs where you can see your your programs and the way that they're built and the amount of students that you guys have coming out for your teams. A lot of it comes from the enthusiasm from the coaching staff. Um, you know, how much energy are they bringing? How, how involved are they? And I think if you're over-involved and you're always with the guys, um, that, that's the real foxhole. I love it. Just the, having that appreciation for everybody else's struggle and what they want to get out of it, I think is huge trying to serve your team. Yeah. And I think kids want to, the guys, guys want to pull together and win league championships. Mm-hmm. Um, they like having a common goal. Um, and, and I think throughout the year, I think you sometimes have to call out your leadership more than just calling out the whole team. Um, because I think those guys are the guys that, you know, pull the team along during the tough stretches. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Coach, any, Coach Eric, anything else you want to add? Yeah, you know what? Billy, Coach Beeline has allowed me to come and sit at his practices, and, and I learn so much. I'm able to write so much down. And one thing that has always stuck in my mind is the extensive terminology that he uses to communicate. And you hear that on the court when they're playing too, like, you know, Houston, Boston, some, you know, I'm not going to go on and on, but he's, is that something that you come up with coach Beeline? Or is that something that you sit in, in a room with the guys and, and you ask them, Hey, what do we want to, what do we want to work on? What, what should we call this? Um, you know what? Most of, most of the terminology was just coming from myself and some of the AAU stuff. We'd be on the road and, uh, because I was coaching my kids, I was with eight, nine, 10 year olds and they would call stuff Skittles and they would call stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> let's call this sour, you know, sour gummies. And, uh, that's some of it I couldn't get out of my terminology. 
Um, recently we did a webinar, so I think a lot of our coaches in the league watched it. So I'm going to have to sit down with the team or myself and come up with some concepts at work. Yeah. But the crazier, the crazier they sound, the better they are. Yeah. Yeah. What do they refer to that as like sticky language, right? So something that the kids are going to remember and try to connect. I think that's so great. Yeah, my my uncle John, I was at a practice with him and they were talking about individual moves and he was telling his assistant coach, you know, call call it the Dwight Howard or call it something where these kids will recognize that, hey, Giannis is cool, Giannis does this, watch Giannis, you're going to see it, it's going to correlate it really quick. Yeah, we've I've coached we've all been to some of your uh, uncle's practices and some of his language like donuts and waffles uh, had me had me ready to go to breakfast, but I think they actually had a <laughs> basketball had a basketball meaning uh, to their to their purpose, I guess. That's a heel pivot and a toe pivot. <laughs> I think that's right. I think I think that's right. I think that's right. So, um, coach. So, and changing maybe changing in a different direction. And maybe I should ask Eric. Eric, you, any other basketball stuff? Because I got some questions maybe for beyond the ball that I want to get into with Coach Beeline. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Hit him with it. <laughs> Hit him with it. All right. So let's get it. I, I'm just interested in so much of the stuff. Uh, and again, I just want to say thank you for coming on again because. The reason that Eric and I got this thing together is because X's and O's, like everybody can talk X's and O's. And like you said, you did the uh, the NABC webinar and it was great. I watched it. You did a phenomenal job on that. Thank you. Um, but what I want to know is like how you're finding balance. Because in our first episode, we just talked, Eric and I, about our different backgrounds and his family situation, my family situation, having a wife and four kids. I know you have a big family, come from a big family. How are you finding like just balance? This real simple question. How do you find balance between doing your job on the, on the court and managing, you know, your, your lovely wife, Natalie and all your kids? Like, how do you find balance in doing that? What do you have any secrets or tips or things you focus on? Um, you know, my kids and my wife have been really involved in the program, um, and I think that's helped in, you know, just from both aspects. When you're saying, you know, and you're frustrated and you're stressed about this from the team, um, you know, my wife and kids know who the players are. So if you're bringing them up by name, you can have a conversation about it. They, they're going to know what um, issues that they're going through a little bit. Uh, so having a fully involved in the program, um, you know, my kids with the, with the training and the basketball stuff, um, coming back and doing drills and things was, was great for my kids to do in front of college kids as the college kids were like, whoa, look at the dedication here. Um, and it was me just spending time with my kids. Um, I think junior college allowed me to get a lot of balance, um, because it's not a division one, uh, circuit. Um, if I go recruit a kid in, in January, they still don't want to admit they're going to junior college. So, um, I don't have to hit the recruiting road until heavy until probably after March. I think coming home and having a lot of compromise, like I don't mind cooking, so I'll come home and cook. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and kind of taking that cooking duty up, you know, makes, you know, you come home and your, your wife, you know, could take a breath or help the kids out with the homework at that point. Um, and it's not something that's a huge stress for me to do because I don't mind doing it. What's yeah, Coach Bill Beeline's go-to dish? 
Um, I, I love, I love grilling steak. I love grilling period. Um, if I had to go to a dish, uh, like tonight I did ribs. We did some ribs and mac and cheese. Those are two of my favorites. Hit the summer spot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so if I could, I'm just going to piggyback on that question and keep going. So you said the junior college coaching um, gig has kind of fit your schedule a little bit. Have you had aspirations of trying to, you know, climb the ladder, uh, as they say, or and how has it been trying to manage that? Um, yeah, so I, you always want to climb the ladder. Um, I guess I'm, I'm reaching for that next rung. Um, I haven't been offered that, that rung on the ladder yet. Um, but I've also been blessed. I, I'm going into my 12th season here and probably about my fifth or sixth year, I realized I'm going to my kids, youth football games. I'm being able to coach their AAU teams. I can go to a parent teacher conference. Um, I couldn't do that at a different level. Um, and at that point I was a little bit blessed. Now I'm at the point where, if I moved again, honestly, Justin, it would probably take me seven, eight to ten years to win a league championship somewhere else. And um, I'm, we're probably really close to win a national championship in the next three years here. Um, so you hate to get so close and turn away at this point. And like you said, it's balance and timing. Uh, you know, my, my son's um, going to be a sophomore next year. My older son's going to be a senior. Um, you know, my daughter's going to be a, um, an eighth grader. Um, so timing it with kind of what their needs as well has been really important for me. So you got yeah, your, think- your two sons that are coming up through the ranks. How is this summer going to be different? Because I know you talked about AAU and I've seen you with both the boys and, and a lot of the different uh student athletes throughout the area spend a lot of time with you how's i mean we haven't heard that we're going to have any aau whatsoever how is this summer going to be different for you and your family uh hopefully the grades are going to be higher eric <laughs> <laughs> we we really missed aau we missed travel and we did a lot of uh, weekend trips and uh you know traveling um with your family and some of their friends is some of the greatest times that you could have yeah. so mm-hmm. you know we miss going out to rhode island we miss kind of being in the hotel and the pool you know eating on the road and those type of things um basketball wise we've been we've been stuck to the driveway um, you know, we just got them a, a, a weight set and some weights and a bench and an Olympic bar all recently. Uh, probably need to invest in a power rack. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of at home, homeschooling, uh, through the basketball as well. The good thing is I've got, I've got boys that are close in age and it's probably a lot how Eric and Kevin went at it yeah. in, in their driveway. So yeah. that's always no entertainment blood, no for foul. the father. <laughs> you know what, I, fellas? There's something to be said for that. Cause I I was a uh, one of two boys as well, but my son has got three sisters, and so getting competitive out in the driveway is a little bit more difficult for him. So that competitiveness is great. Hey, I I grew up with three sisters, so uh, yeah. that 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 worked that worked well for me and me and my sister Sarah, uh, my older sister, are heavily competing at any moment. So yeah. I remember those days. I remember those days. We don't need to get too far into the history here, but <laughs> we all come from the same pretty much basic area, and I think it played against each other once or twice. Yeah. yeah. A long time ago. A long time ago. Hey, Coach, one thing that I would love to get your maybe insights on or just kind of celebrate and highlight for you, do you 
use the game in any particular way, like off the floor? How has that impacted um, your ability to help your school community at end trip with the Thunderwolves? Have you been able to use basketball to bring awareness to anything or anything you want to highlight? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think bringing, um, you know, a couple different cultures together is really important just for our own sake. Um, you know, having kids from New York City uh, um, <clears throat> walking through the gorge and going to check out Niagara Falls and being down by the Whirlpool um, is an amazing experience. When you yeah, see a, a, a 6'6", 200-pound kid jumping the arms of another teammate because a chipmunk ran in front of him. Um, th <laughs> those, those things are memorable. Um, you know, and then, and then this year, you know, coach Nick Seppi did a great job. He, he works for the connection down in, in Niagara Falls. Um, he got us connected with Habitat for Humanity. Um, through connection, oh, nice. we had guys going in and out of there and doing some peer mentorship. Um, the Habitat for Humanity, we did some landscaping, we did some painting, we did a little bit of construction, uh, which was great in both aspects. Uh, the community, their response back to us was amazing. Um, and for our guys to kind of be humbled, you know, um, mm -hmm. is the proper word to put is they're just humbled and they're kind of in awe that, that someone is looking up to them. Yeah, you see that. Like I always tell the students, I can almost learn so much from you as much, you know, as you can learn from me. And you just got to keep your eyes open and be enlightened. And, and you said it perfectly humbled. Um, what, what's one thing, you know, from from your time at NCCC that you can say that you, you know, you've learned so much about this or so much about this culture um, from, from your guys? What, is there is there anything you can put your finger on? Um, my expansion on diversity has grown every single day that I've been here because you're you're in the vans with the guys, you're in the gym, you're in the locker room with them. Um, they're telling you their stories. Um, mm -hmm. You can feel their stories. Um, the stories are real. There's things that that hit at home, um, and and it's really it, it's brought a, a unique opportunity for me to coach kids from all over places um, and all different backgrounds. Um, it allows me to be much more versatile and open-minded as, as I have insight on things. Very nice. I think during this time period that we're, we have going on in our country right now, that's probably a pretty important message that sometimes gets lost. That Absolutely. Sports, coaching, being part of athletics can really bridge some of those gaps, hopefully. Yeah, I think I think athletics has done a great job of that stuff. I mean, athletics brings so many other strengths, but I think um, camaraderie and and, and un unity are, are two of the biggest things that sports bring us. Mm -hmm. Throwing difference aside and and putting out your own personal best for the guy to the right and to the left of you. Yeah, and understanding who each other are. Yeah, um, I think is really important, and and I think. You know, I think all coaches will agree that the number one skill is listening. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, society takes advantage of that, um, you know, over the next couple of months and weeks and years. Yeah, it sounds like through through Natalie's platform, it does, does a great job of, of allowing those players and coaches to understand how everybody digests different different events in their life. Yeah, I think it gives you the tools to be able to. And I think, um, you know, last week, Monday, Tuesday, we, you know, I'm on the phone with, you know, 13 or 14 different guys, um, just asking them how, how, how do they feel? Um, I just want to kind of listen to you. Let me know what you're going through right now um, is kind of the way that, that we took an approach at it from our program. 
Excellent. Yeah, that's that's so good. That's so good. Um, so, Coach, we don't want to keep you too long. So um, we're going to try to do a, kind of a fun thing. And I, might, I apologize if I'm putting you on the spot right now, but we call this activity the three H's. And so this is just supposed to be like gut reaction, first thing off the top of your head. Somewhat appropriate, but if you need to get a little bit inappropriate, <laughs> I guess you could do that too. Uh, this is a family-friendly podcast, but we call it the three H's, and what the H's stand for are heroes, hardships, and highlights. And so just if you could, off the top of your head, you can identify or just kind of expand on uh, one of the one topic or actually expand on all three topics, but give us one thought for each. So I had so heroes. Hero, Hero, hardship, hero, and highlight. Hero, hardship, and highlight. Uh, for me, hero is just my father, who my father always taught me to be and his example. Um, hardship, um, the journey. I think the journey for anyone, I think just, you know, the grind of it every single day of obtaining what you want to get. I think there's some hardships and to, to deal with those, I think, is really important. And now what's my last H? Highlights? You're high, and it can't be scoring tons yeah, of buckets well, on Akron High School. Well, I always scored more on Roy Hart, but I'll, I will just go with social media highlights. A typical junior college answer is, you know, um, we're getting exposure through social media, the highlights. The kids love it. it, it I think it builds confidence in, in everyone. Um, we don't always search for those highlight plays. We just want them to happen. Um, yeah. But I definitely would go with social media. Social media. Speaking of social media, who uh, can you give us the some handles that where people can check your stuff out? Um, so I'm at Coach B Beeline, uh, actually B underscore Beeline, um, and that's both on the IG, Instagram, um, and my Twitter. That's awesome. We'll put we'll make sure we put both of those in the show notes. So if people want to follow you, they don't have to do too much search and they can just go right down and find that. But that's great, Coach. Um, Coach Clump, what do you think? Coach Bill, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Uh, you guys have a good evening. You too. All right, Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, we Coach. Great job, guys. Great job. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten.